Hello and welcome to The Sean L. Show, intimate conversations about music, sex, and life in New York City. My guest today is a fashion designer, philanthropist, drag queen, and contestant on Project Runway Season 18. He went viral across the internet, TV, and print media for his uh, sort of snarky, uh, not even to dinner with the Kushners comment uh, on last season's Project Runway. Welcome to the show. Tyler Nisloni. Welcome. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So first and foremost, how are you doing during this insane time that we're living through? Uh, I'm doing just about as well as any of us are. I think uh, day to day, it, it changes, right? I mean, yeah. whatever the, the flavor of the month is, you know, that at, at the any given time. But um, I... Quarantine was all right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I live in downtown Jersey City, and okay. I started a garden on my balcony. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I just finished harvesting the last of, of my peppers. So that was a whole experience, growing those from seed and everything. I'd never done anything like that before. But um, That's adorable. So you're a plant gay now. I'm a plant gay. That's amazing. Yes, certified card yeah. carrying. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. So I want to get right into the juiciest tidbits, and then we're going to like sort of work our way back. You went absolutely viral this winter um, for your comments on Project Runway. Can you tell people a little bit about Project Runway for anyone that may be listening that hasn't watched the show before? Um, I've been a big fan of it since the beginning, like the early Bravo days, um, and have sort of seen it go through its changes. Can you kind of give us a little background on that? Yeah. Uh, well, as you know, it's now in its second season back on Bravo. Right. Uh, so it yeah. was off Bravo for quite a while. Yeah. And then now it's back. So it's totally rebranded, uh, mm -hmm. revamped, uh, just as wild. It's... Um, it's nothing like you see on television. It's it's crazier. It's more stressful. It's uh, you know it makes you want to cry every single day. But mm -hmm. um, it's it's a lot of fun at the end of the day. I mm -hmm. you know I I don't work full time in fashion, right? Mm -hmm. So I I have a day job. I work for a nonprofit, and my fashion is sort of relegated to my after work hours or the middle of the night or the weekends. So mm -hmm. I'm used to sort of so to sewing and in these really high stress, you know, high, uh, I, I, what's the word? High stress environment. High stress, I guess, yeah, but I, I don't get a lot, I don't get a lot of time to sew, I guess is my point. Yeah. So, um, you know, when they throw you into project runway and they're like, all right, you have so many hours. I, I walked in there thinking I was hot shit. I was like, oh, I have this in a bag. I was, yep. you know, I, I could do this in my sleep, but it really is a different ball game once you're there and yeah. once you have you know 18 cameras on you uh, yeah. watching you fumble with your with your pins and scissors so uh, yeah. but it's a lot of fun yeah and what is sort of the premise for the show for anyone that hasn't seen it it's how many designers that get put into basically a workroom and every week there's a new themed challenge that you have to design to and you essentially have to sketch construct style and get it on the runway and like to three days and that's like a day after week after week while you're there is sort of the premise and then 
the winner gets to show at New York Fashion Week is sort of the premise of this show. I think everyone now 18 seasons, probably everyone knows, but for anyone that doesn't, that's sort of the premise. So you were on season 18. I was so excited to watch you because I know that you've worked a lot with Marty Gold Cummings and I had not watched Project Runway in many years. I sort of ditched it when it moved to Lifetime. It it sort of lost some of its uh, mojo there. And then now it, it was back on Broadway, on not Broadway, Bravo with, you know, Christian Siriano as the host, totally different vibe. So I was excited to re-watch it. And so I was DVRing the episodes. And before I could even dig in, my Instagram was blowing up with you from your sort of, you know, pinnacle moment, um, saying this sort of retort to Carly Kloss. So can you tell the story of what happened that day and what caused you to go absolutely insanely viral? <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone can explain what causes a viral moment. Yeah. But, um, God, I, I think when you know your day has come on that show, mm-hmm. like you really know, mm-hmm. you can tell, you can just, there's just something in the air and you're just like, all right, mm-hmm. this is it. You know, I'm, today's the day I get sent home. Yeah. Um, and although I still stand behind my look, my look was not, obviously not as controversial as what I said, but mm-hmm. there were some strong opinions, you know, on on the good side and on the bad side of my look, but yeah. I stand by it. Yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, what was the challenge for right. that look? The challenge was to create a garment for Miss Kloss to wear uh, to an event in Paris. Yes. And the criteria they gave us was... It needed to be quintessentially American. It needed to be upcycled from clothing we bought at Goodwill. Right. Um, And it needed to be uh, neither red carpet nor casual. So it was just, it was kind of ambiguous. And uh, I think everyone took it to mean something different. But in any case, I wanted to... I wanted to create something very like East Coast money Mm -hmm. looking, right? Mm -hmm. So... I, and and that's what a lot of people think my, my dress looked like it. They, a lot of people compared it to something Ivanka would wear. So, Mm. I mean, but, um, that, that's honestly where I was going and it just got torn to shreds from the Mm -hmm. judges. And it's interesting when you're up there on the runway, uh, it's, it's obviously a lot longer than it is condensed to on TV, but, um, the week prior, I had, I probably should have gotten sent home the week prior because my outfit was just horrendous that Mm -hmm. week. It was the, um, what was it called? The Christmas challenge. That's right. The unconventional materials challenge. It feels like that was like 10 years ago, but that was actually this year uh, when when that aired. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, right. Um, So that prior week, I, I sent the most awful thing I've ever made down the runway. And the... Judges and I ended up having this really, really nice little kiki about it. Like mm-hmm. I was joking. It was obviously self-deprecating. They were laughing. I was laughing. Uh, everyone was happy. And we ended up having like a really good rapport that week. And then. Yeah. And I do think as a viewer, it felt this way that you saved yourself. 
with that sort of witty rapport with them because it was like, oh, this kid is so lovable. Like, we're not going to send him home. We're going to send somebody else home. I can't I can't remember now who they sent home. They what? sent Alan home that week. Uh, the, oh, right. Right. Oh. My little bestie. I love yeah, Alan. He was adorable too. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I think, I don't know if you agree or if it felt this way, but I think that that sort of banter with them um, – saved you in a way because you were super likable and it's good TV. It was funny. I think you told one of the judges that they roasted you like a Christmas ham and it yes. was so <laughs> like targeted for the challenge. It was perfect. It, the The banter was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I went into the next challenge, you know, when they called me up there, I just, I just knew I was like, all right, they clearly hate the outfit. But then again, I was looking to my left and I was looking to my right and somebody <laughs> had an, uh, God bless him. But, you know, one of my fellow designers had a outfit that was taped up to the model's skin. And then, you know, I was looking to the other side and I was like, oh, that one's, that one's only constructed with little tacks and pleats here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, so maybe I'm good because whatever you can say about, you know, the aesthetic of my design, my mm -hmm. construction was always on point. Yeah. Except for episode three. Yeah. But, um, but even then it wasn't that bad. But so, you know, I got up there and I'm like, all right, they, they probably hate it. But I'm going into this with this rapport that we built. Mm -hmm. So I felt, honestly, I felt pretty cash. And um, I, you know, then the rest is history. I was just being my my normal snarky self. And right, then... right. So they start to critique this look, which was a very preppy Martha's Vineyard uh, pencil skirt and blouse. And they, they're critiquing it. Um, and what is the name of the judge that you were replying to? I, I always forget his name. He's a designer too, right? Brandon. Brandon, yes. So he's telling you, you know, I can't see Carly wearing this anywhere. And then you had your mic drop moment and said, not even to dinner with the Kushners. So for those that don't know, she's married to Jared Kushner's brother, I guess, Josh. Um, and so that was like the mic drop moment. It aired and just went absolutely viral. Um, what did it feel like in the room after you said it? Because they cut to the safe designers in the sort of the green room watching you say that. And they had an immediate reaction to it as well. What did it feel like in that studio after you said it? It felt about 10,000 times more awkward than it appeared on TV. Yeah. Uh, and it did appear pretty awkward on it, it TV. Was, it was absolute silence. And yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, hey, we all laughed about it. At the right. finale, we, you know, everyone was there. Carly was there. I was yeah. there. Um, and everyone sort of had a good laugh about it. But yeah, in that moment, it was, uh, it was something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you said uh, afterwards, you were interviewed a, a ton of places about this, um, that it didn't come off how you meant it. You didn't mean to sort of roast her for her relationship to this family. You just kind of were commenting on her lifestyle, that this is a place that she would be going. And you even apologized to her at the end of the episode for that it didn't come out the way you meant it. Is that the way you meant it? Like, how how did you mean it? Like, what's the real tea there about how you meant it? What were you trying to convey? Were you being a little shady? And did you think it would get a giggle the way you had gotten in episode three? And then it landed with a thud. I think with whatever I say, that episode or the episode before or the episode yeah. before, because I was in the bottom three times in a row. Yeah. Um, 
I was always being a little shady. That's just who mm-hmm. I am. So right. I and yeah, I, I did think it would. I I did think it would get a giggle because you know right. I, I felt like we were on that level. So um, right. I guess that's up to the viewer's imagination to <laughs> to decide <laughs> to, uh, what I meant. But. To infer. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, I did some more Googling ahead of our interview. I didn't know much about her or her marriage. And I guess they seem to be pretty liberal. Yeah. And so it's in direct conflict for them to sort of have, you know, this in-law situation where uh, they're literally working for the Trump administration. So for me as a gay viewer and just knowing you like kind of through friends of friends, uh, I was like just so excited watching that. I saw that before I started watching the season because I was sort of collecting them on the DVR because I think that um, the insanity that we've witnessed with this administration, just this week, just this month, this year alone, let alone the past uh, three and a half years has been so, not to use the word we've used so much, unprecedented Unprecedented. um, and dangerous um, in so many ways. It felt like as a viewer, you were sort of calling out the insanity um, and bringing it up because I think we, we normalize it a lot. And so when I saw that, I was sort of hyped up about it. And I wonder if that's some of what caused it to spread and go really viral. Cause I felt like the overall reaction to it, people were really sort of, um, cheering for you for having sort of, uh, roasted her in that way. And I felt a little bad reading about today that she's actually super liberal and it's awkward for her, but, um, she doesn't really speak up that much about it either. Uh, so what, what was your sense? What was, what did the reception feel like to you after that? I mean, I guess a couple things, you know, with any with any good shade, like in Paris is burning, mm-hmm. you you say something without having to say something. So that's mm-hmm. how you know it's shade. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think ultimately it ended up um, I think it, it ended up being positive for everyone involved, uh, e- even Carly, especially Carly, because mm-hmm. she is very progressive, um, right. as, as is her husband. And which is something that I knew going into that, you know? Which might have been why you thought it would get, like, a little giggle. Totally. Right, yeah. Um, so, th- I think, you know, given the the mania surrounding that moment um, and then the, the subsequent interviews that she gave and, you know, now she's out campaigning for Biden, which she probably would have done anyway, but, you I know... I know that. That's great. Good yeah, for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, but she, she is doing... You know, she is using her platform, mm-hmm. uh, and and she has in the past. So, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think we all definitely owe her a little bit of respect for that, um, or a lot of respect, even considering you know it's it's never easy to stand up to to your family members. Uh, for but, sure, you know, yeah. But I think ultimately the I don't want to say the moment held her accountable. I don't think she needed to be held accountable. Um, but it kind of gave her an entree to, to talk about it a little bit. Totally. Because I, it is the elephant in the room. Yeah. And, you know, she, I mean, she, she's a superstar. She mm-hmm. knows how to handle herself. Uh, and and she's she does a lot of good stuff with her platform. So. Yeah. Yeah. If they invited you back for like an all-star season, um, would you go back? Because I think that they, 
they owe you a, a bit of gratitude for the publicity that you Girl, brought to that show. <laughs> that show had never seen ratings that high in 10 years. A long time. A long... It's just been on for a really long time. It's yeah. still... I really enjoyed watching your season. Um, and I hadn't watched it in a long time. It, it's still a great show. It's it's a great concept. And it is fun to watch all the different personalities and all of the different looks. And, you know, you can be the best designer in the world but it's not necessarily design skill that gets you through that show because it is a pressure cooker a timed pressure cooker and you have to like get it all together in the amount of time and and there's so many great concepts that you see drawn out and then they don't make it to the runway because maybe they take five days and you had three so it's such a fun show to watch and I think that you gave them a huge (laughs) ratings boost so uh, I hope they'll bring you back for an all stars because you're definitely a memorable um, personality for them I'd go back I think uh, yeah there's so much more that I have to show Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, um, you know, I went into it expecting, you know, every episode you need to make something that you've never made before. So mm-hmm. I'm like every episode I I got out my sketchbook and I made something I never ma- made before. And then when I got home from the show and I logged on to social media and I followed all the other designers, mm-hmm. I saw that so many of them, uh, not going to name names, but so many of them made things that were just in their repertoire, right. you know, that they would churn right. out en- en masse. And right. I'm, I'm like, damn, like this bitch. They already and knew how to yeah. do it and they were just applying it to the challenge. Yeah. yeah. So had I known, uh, I mean, I, maybe I just went in so naive, but mm-hmm. had I known that, I, I would have uh, probably altered my strategy a little bit mm-hmm. about how to play the game. Um, but it it is so much fun. And I think for me, uh, for somebody who doesn't work in fashion full time, just getting to tune out the world and be locked in a room with, you know, the best sewing machines and the best fabric and mm-hmm. and all these like-minded people that you can just bounce ideas off. Um, it's just it's just the best experience ever. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd go back for sure. Yeah. Well, we'd love to see you back. I know that for sure. Listen um, up, Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Bravo. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you some things about the show behind the scenes. Um, oh, before we move on from that episode, were you mad that Christian didn't save you? So for those that don't know, uh, they gave Christian Siriano, who's the sort of the Tim Gunn of the new iteration, uh, a save. So he can save a designer and and keep them from elimination. Um, were you mad that he didn't save you on your episode? Did you think you, you might uh, you might get that save? There was no way in hell Christian was going to save me after <laughs> I said what I said. Uh, right. Just the feeling in that room of just shock and just like pearl clutching was yeah. uh, was way too much to process. So no, I was, I was definitely not going to get saved that day. Yeah, day, yeah. But. Um, All right. So a little behind the scenes questions that I have for you um, about the show. Are they as strict with time limits as it appears on the show? Like they put you all in mood and they give you like, what what do they even give you? Like 20 minutes? It's an insanely small amount of time Mm -hmm. uh, to get together all your materials for your entire look on a small budget. And mood is like several floors. I've never been in mood, but I've seen it enough on the show. It's insane. Yeah. Um, uh, you should go. It's right down the street. Yeah. So <laughs> what what is that like in real life when you're filming it? Are they as strict as they act like they are with those time limits? 
Oh my God, yes. I they think are. I think to understand how stressful it is, all you have to do is look to episode one and see yeah. the shade of red that Jeffrey was turning. <laughs> you know, he was drenched in sweat, he was growling, yeah. he was grunting. Um, because it's absolutely that stressful. And like, yeah. especially for, you know, for me or for Jeffrey or, uh, you know, Marquise or uh, Shavi, like the other New York based designers mm-hmm. who spend so much time in mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've lived here for almost nine years. I know mood extremely well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know where everything is. I can go there from week to week and say, oh, I saw this particular role and then right. zero in on it. Yeah. But it was like, they dropped me on an alien planet mm-hmm. that first day. I, I It was like I had never been in there before. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they that 30 minutes, I mean, we don't have clocks, but that 30 minutes mm-hmm. seems to go by in, in just five minutes. You know, next thing you know, you have to be in line. And yes, if you are not in line, mm-hmm. you will get uh, penalized, however, however they've said. Wow. It's crazy. That is crazy. So you don't have clocks. So does it feel that much more stressful not being able to even know yourself, like are the producers giving you a constant countdown of how much time is left? And do they feed you a countdown to announce so they can film you announcing the countdown? Because it feels like <laughs> there's always somebody like if it's you being like, guys, we have 10 minutes. And it's like, do, does a producer come up and say, Tyler, can you say we have 10 minutes to everyone? <laughs> like, how does that all work? I don't know if I can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, I... I contractually. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't want you to violate any NDAs today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it, I mean, it is, they do, uh, you know, Christian announces the time and okay. it, or whoever, or Jeffrey or yeah. whoever, whichever designer announces the time. And uh, it's, it's for somehow the 10 minutes seems like one minute mm-hmm. in there. So I'm, yeah. I'm always a little skeptical how much time we get, but no, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's totally, uh, Totally it's legit. Real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's uh, another timing question. How much time do you have to get ready for the runway? Because I feel like when you guys turn up for the runway, you all look fabulous. A lot of times your like your look for the Christmas show matched your like it was color coordinated with your look. Like everybody always looks great for the runway. So is there a break in between? Like how does that all go down where like one minute you're sewing and just sweating and dying and then this and then you're like on the runway and you all look beautiful. Like, is there, how did, what's production like on the back end with like getting ready for those types of moments? So, well, first I want to say all of my outfits matched my runway looks. Yeah. Uh, episode one, <laughs> I was really wearing good. silver and white and red. Yeah. Episode two, I had a tiger stripe shirt on to match the tiger pants that I made. Yes, episode you three, did. you know, the Christmas. And then four, I, I dressed like I was going to the Hamptons. Uh, but we, we don't have makeup artists. We don't mm. have hairstylists. Uh, we don't have, you know, wardrobe stylists. It's entirely up to us. Mm-hmm. So you get up that morning, and I was always one of the first people to get up because um, you're sharing a, a beautiful house with 15 other people, mm-hmm. and you know you want to be the first one to the shower and mm-hmm. the first one, you know, to get dressed or or whatever you have to do. Right. So uh, I would always get up super early, but yeah, it's it's stressful because not not only are you getting ready and you're like, all right, let me look presentable to be on national television mm-hmm. you are in my case that day i was i was going through the head or going through my head with um you know with mash, math measurements mm-hmm. i'm going to cut the skirt here i'm going to cuz if you remember i i remade my skirt mm-hmm. from scratch the mm-hmm. day of the runway i just i whipped it out yeah. um 
which was wild. Uh, so yeah, there's a million different things swirling around in your head that have nothing to do with, you know, how you're going to pluck your eyebrows that day. (laughs) So, uh, it's, it's very stressful and, uh, there's actually, it's probably one of my least favorite photos of me I've ever seen, but they love to use it in articles. It's like me ironing and I'm sweating and I'm looking <laughs> angry on the day that I got eliminated. It's out there somewhere. But, of course um, they love to use that. Yeah. One. So yeah. they they will catch you looking less than presentable, but um, yeah. somehow when you get on that runway, it's everyone looks good. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your co-stars this season, just a few of them that stood out to me, and just get your hot takes on them. Um, watching the show, I thought that Nancy was adorable. Like, just being this older lady trying to, like, do this. What was she like in real life? What was What was your relationship to her? Nancy is adorable. I love a second act. And yes, she exactly. is very much that. She, um, I, I hadn't seen the pictures of corporate Nancy until they aired right a couple episodes later, and I, my, like my mouth hit the floor. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, she's, she's a lot of fun. Yeah, she, um, you know, she's wacky. She has her own design aesthetic. She really just dives right into, um, you know, to this creative process. You can tell that it's always been bubbling there in the back of her mind, Mm -hmm. you know, whether she was an accountant or, you know, whatever she was in her past lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I really respect that. Uh, So love Nancy. Yeah. And she she just unleashes it. Did she drive you crazy at all, though, with the like smashing ornaments? (laughs) That looked (laughs) awful. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, everyone is so in their zone. She definitely drove some people crazy, but I was so in my zone. Um, And actually, Nancy was the next table over for me. But what I love uh, more than anything is just seeing the like the dirty work that goes into creating the mm-hmm. garment. So if that's the smashing of the ornaments or mm-hmm. the, you know, the bending of wires or whatever. Um, I love that stuff. It's it's just so fascinating to me. So no, yeah. it never bothered me. But um, actually, the the razor that one episode did get a little <laughs> a little much. I think it was the animal print episode. Yeah. But. Yep. Um, What about uh, Delvin, who is your partner for episode one? He is such a cutie. What what was your rapport like with him? It seemed like you guys had a good rapport on the show. Yeah, I loved Delvin. Um, He was my partner episode one, and then he was my table mate for as long as I was there. And then Mm -hmm. he was my partner again episode seven when I came back for the tuxedo challenge. Uh, Delvin is so just so invested in his craft um, and he's just so good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very good at, he's very good at corsets. Like that's his thing. Mm. So um, it was just, it was so cool to watch him work and just watch him corsets and suits, I guess, but it would watch him like tailor and, and, uh, and just sew it and hand finish things. It was just, it was really cool. And he's just so fast at mm-hmm. it. Uh Actually, we got asked this a lot by by the other people on the show, but because we didn't really speak uh, while we worked on our mm. garments, and, and everyone else was just chatty Kathy at their tables, but mm-hmm. Delvin and I would just st- uh, stay very focused, and mm-hmm. um, and that's just like how we are. But at the same yeah. time, like he and I were just so on the same wavelength mm-hmm. that um, it was it was great. So he was a good table mate for you then, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good, same wavelength. Yes, yeah. not distracting, not, yeah. he wouldn't take over the table. Uh, he would, I could ask him questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was one of my favorite parts of the entire show uh, because I am self-taught. I didn't go to 
fashion school for this. I never mm-hmm. formally learned how to how to sew these garments. I just taught myself. Um, one of my favorite parts of the show is just having that outlet. You know these these people who have really finely tuned skills in mm-hmm. in construction. Just having that outlet to ask them or and, and bounce things off of them. Right. I learned a lot. Yeah. That's amazing. Speaking of being self-taught, in this last episode, because um, I rewatched the ones with you on them because I already watched the season, um, Sergio was kind of, it seemed like he was kind of like goading you a little bit like, oh, you're self-taught. Like he was kind of being a dick to you. Um, and he kind of was uh, a dick the entire series. I couldn't, he was like the villain. I don't know if he got a villain edit. I don't think you could edit him worse than he sort of <laughs> was, but talk me through, you know, what was he like in, in real life? I know you're probably still see these people a lot, so I don't want to put you on the spot or make it awkward, but my goodness, he was insufferable at times. And did you feel like he was trying to get in your head? Um, Cause they sort of edited the story to make it look like he was sort of doing that to you. In the moment, did I feel that? I don't know. Probably not. I was just trying. I, I remember that moment. Mm-hmm. I was eating breakfast. Yeah. I was, you know, I was already pissed because I had to redo my skirt. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do the math in my head. Uh, so honestly, I think I kind of just blacked out at that moment. <laughs> um, but, you know, Sergio and I, after the show, uh, I've, I've seen him quite a bit. Um, he He's actually been a pretty valuable resource for me. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, everyone is, there's always going to be a villain on mm-hmm. a reality show. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, reality competition. Um, <laughs> but um, that, I, I guess, whether they're like that in real life is is a totally separate issue. Mm-hmm. I think there are reality competition villains who are just awful people at the end of the day. But um, I, I don't think Sergio is is one of those. Okay. So do you think that he got the villain edit or do you think he came to play the villain? What do you think his sort of angle was going in? Well, I mean, he certainly got the villain edit. Yeah. But uh, it's anyone's guess whether that was his angle. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, I mean, hey, he made it to top four. So whatever he yeah. did, it ended up working for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about... Christian Siriano. Um, what did you think about him as a host of the new show? Um, and what was your rapport like with him? Because he was a very interesting host, having not seen it since the Tim Gunn days. He can be very direct and like a little shady with, with all of you guys at times. Um, I What did you think of his style as sort of the mentor host role? I think it was a very different style than what we saw on the Tim Gunn seasons. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Christian hated everything I made. <laughs> so it's it's hard for me to say. Yeah. But um, that, that's not fair. He kind of liked my episode one outfit. He was rough to you. He was just so rough to me. I don't know. Morning, I was like, wow, he's... I feel like he's supposed to be a little bit more unbiased, and he was very um, sips tea. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not something that I realized in the moment, but when I watched it, I was like, "Damn!" Like, cut yeah. a girl a break. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think I cre- I think Christian has a lot of uh, insight to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not he gave that to me in every episode is a different issue or, and maybe, or maybe I just didn't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Um, but he's, he knows what he's talking about at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. 
I I wish we got more time to interact with Christian as well as all of the other judges because really mm-hmm. the only time we got to interact with them is is what you see on, on television, TV, right. right? So there were no like coffee breaks in the back room with mm-hmm. you know with all the judges, you know right. Kiki with Nina Garcia, like that never mm-hmm. happened. So uh, and they, that's intentional, you know they do right. that to so the judges and the host can remain unbiased. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think. Maybe if they have me back, maybe Christian will be a little nicer, uh, <laughs> or maybe so. I'll be uh, maybe I'll be more prepared to throw a little more shade. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we love the shade from you for sure. Christian, going back to Sergio, he and Sergio did not get along at all. Yeah. Um, Sergio was very sort of rude to him and was just like, "I don't need your." advice (laughs) i don't need your mentorship and uh christian being the shady queen that he is came and gave it back and he came over i think it's the holiday one and he goes this is fantastic and sergio (laughs) goes thank you and he goes no i'm asking is it fantastic is it done it's so funny so it was fun to see them sort of um interact because i thought that sergio was interesting in that he didn't he was very uh, had a lot of bravado instead of coming into it humbly to sort of learn. And I think no matter how good you are, you can always learn from somebody else that's in your field. So I thought that was an interesting dynamic between the two of them. Oh, totally. I mean, look, as much as I, I think everything, you know, when I'm creating something, as much as I'm like, this is the best thing that's ever been made. Like, mm-hmm. there's always something to learn from right. listening to someone, especially someone who's been as successful as Christian. So, right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, those two did not <laughs> see eye to eye. Yeah. Not. Though they're the same height. <laughs> Are they? Close enough. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I used to do my hair like Christian Siriano pre his appearance on Project Runway. And oh, then he girl. was on. Wait, like, what, like it, emo Christian? Yeah, very oh, emo. Mine was a little more feathery. It wasn't... Uh, but then every day after he was on Project Runway, because we're probably the same height, like I'm not that tall, uh, everyone was like, you know who you remind me of? And I would always be like, can you please just fuck off? Like, I already know who you're going to say. Um, so I got that a lot. But I've since moved on and 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 changed my hair. Um, but, okay, so one thing that he did that I love during this pandemic was he was, like, the first person, I feel like, in fashion that started making uh, masks, making PPE when there was, like, no PPE to be found, which was amazing. So hats off to him for, for that. And you were one of the first as well. You were making masks for for the Ali Forney Center where you work. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that time was like, um, creating those masks um, and working for the Ali Forney Center and what your work is like with them? Yeah, I mean, I think for everyone, the beginning of the pandemic was just so weird. It was mm-hmm. just so uncertain. You know, the streets were dead. Everyone yeah. was like, am I going to die from touching this grocery that I just mm-hmm. bought? Um so, yeah, it, it was a weird moment, but uh, we, I've, I've worked at the California Center for a little over four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the nation's largest provider of housing and services to homeless LGBT youth mm-hmm. ages 16 to 24. Uh, so we have 17 sites throughout New York City. Um, most of them are housing sites. I work in our development team. I lead our fundraising events and our communications. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our big flashy galas and and that sort of stuff like i'm the one who who coordinates those Mm -hmm. um however when i you know when the pandemic started and 
there was there were no masks to be found and yeah. no hand sanitizer and this and that. Yeah. Uh, it was it was especially scary for AFC because you know we have on any given night we have 164 young people in our care. Right. Um, we see way more than that, you know, every year. But not all of them come to us for housing. Mm-hmm. So, for you know to have 164 teenagers or early 20 somethings um, who who are you know experiencing homelessness and then now you tell them all right well you now you can't leave this shelter or you know you have to do this or you have to take this precaution it was really challenging um and on top of that you know when we didn't we didn't have any masks and this was like Mm -hmm. right at the beginning of the like should we shouldn't we mask debate Mm -hmm. um so the it, it was um I don't know. It just felt like something that I that needed to be done mm-hmm. to to um, to make those masks because most people I I spoke to and a lot of people that um, you know you see online were sending sending them to the hospitals where the right. there was a huge need, uh, but then you look at the hospitals and you forget about the the other places that need them like mm-hmm. AFC like the right. the youth shelters or homeless shelters. So uh, it was um, it, it it was just something that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing that. That's oh, a, that's amazing work. Yeah. Um, so in your role at AFC, um, I think that Lindsay Lohan is like a big, uh, has been a big contributor to you guys in the past. And I think she gets a bad rap. Um, Marty told a great story about her on, on their podcast. What, uh, what's been your experience with Lindsay? Is she like awesome to sort of work with? Have you, have you interacted with her at all? She's amazing. Yeah. She is everyone always has their their preconceived notion about yeah. Lindsay yeah. and what she's going to be like and you know you know cuz you read these tabloids and you see mm-hmm. everything that we've seen you know growing up with Lindsay in the spotlight mm-hmm. um so she's amazing she is caring um she's so much fun she's uh very sharp mm-hmm. uh, which is uh it's just so refreshing to see you know, somebody who can often be painted in a negative light in the tabloids be actually very sharp. And right. um, and she's just so much fun. Uh, actually, Marty and I and a couple of my colleagues uh, went to some club appearance with Lindsay um, last fall. And it was it was probably one of my most fun nights in, in New York City. It was mm-hmm. it was definitely very surreal, uh, you know, being up on stage behind Lindsay's security guards and right. then this and that and uh, but she's just she's so much fun. Uh, her family's very nice. They're actually all pretty oh. involved. Uh, Dina and Ali and uh, yeah, even Michael came to her event. But um, they they're just they're good people mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and uh, we're we're grateful that she's involved. Yeah. Um, she she was she made a huge contribution last year at our gala. She donated fifty fifty thousand dollars. Um, and it's she's she's just a good person. Yeah, that's nice to hear. It's yeah. nice to hear sort of like a behind the scenes heartwarming story about someone that we all have these different kind of uh, notions about. So that's always that's always really good to hear. Um, I wanted to just get to know you a little bit better, your trajectory into fashion. Like what inspired you as a kid? Who were your big influences? How did you sort of find your way into fashion? Oh, I feel like I'm still finding my way into fashion, uh, but my mom taught me how to sew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from Wyoming. I grew okay. up in Wyoming. Um, she 
she would sew all my clothes as a little kid and I would go se- go up there, sit there and, and watch her sew and watch her make it. And mm-hmm. eventually she would, you know, I'd bug her enough to where she just is like, all right, here's how you do it. Uh, when I moved here to New York, I started sewing for Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, which is how I got into drag, which I feel like is every drag queen's story. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> but it, it really just sort of... Um, that sounds so cliche to be like, it just happened, but it, it just kind of did. I mean, it was, yeah. it was drag for a little bit there and then, um, and then just like, bam, Project Runway, mm-hmm. which was so weird to me because, you know, for years people have been saying, try out for Project Runway, mm-hmm. you know, you should, you should try out, you should film a video. And then, um, and then just out of nowhere it happened. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely did not feel like I was ready uh, mm-hmm. to, in terms of like, what I'd created in portfolios because you get there. I mean, like I said, I got, I got there and I was like, all right, I got this in the bag. Like I can sew anything I want in a mm-hmm. one night, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then you get there and you see the people who have been doing this for years, like Jeffrey or, mm-hmm. or Sergio. And they're like, Oh yeah, I've dressed Billy Porter. Oh, I've you know dressed Madonna's backup dancers. And you're like, right. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was, it was humbling to, to step in there that first moment and, and realize that you're not, you know, as, as big of a fish as you thought you were. Right. Right. Um, but I don't know, my trajectory into fashion was long and windy and it's still sort of ongoing. Um, it's, I, I get asked a lot, like, why don't you, you know, why don't you quit your day job and completely focus on fashion? And that's a hard question for me to answer. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I, I really do care about, my work at AFC. It's, Mm -hmm. it's such important work to be done. Um, and I have so much more to learn in fashion. I, I don't know if I'm at the point right now where I can just throw it all to the wind and, and start being a full-time fashion designer, especially Mm -hmm. right now during the pandemic. Um, but it's, um, it's happening. It's, uh, it's a process. So, yeah. Yeah. And are we going to get any more t-shirts you produced <laughs> <laughs> not even to dinner with the Kushners t-shirts uh, with I think proceeds going to AFC um, are we going to get more of those because they've been sold out and I need to I need to get one it's actually it's really interesting the reception that I got to the t-shirts online because so many people the vast majority of people were you know we're all about them mm-hmm. like I want a t-shirt and they actually did sell really quickly um but then you saw the people, um, like the trolls online, who would say, "Oh, this is disgusting! Like he's profiting on the backs of of these kids. Like he's this, he's that." And I'm like, "Dude, I like I work <laughs> five days out of the week there. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just trying to help out, you know." Right. right. And um, yeah, it was it was weird, but I think the t-shirts were were certainly. Uh, a big hit. Maybe yeah. I have maybe I have one in storage I can fish out for you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, so I wanted to ask you as well about some fashion icons and get your hot takes on on some fashion icons that are, are interesting. What is your hot take on Kanye West? Oh god. Uh, I wish him the best. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't consider Kanye a fashion icon. I think uh, he was a musical genius, is a musical genius, uh, but he's got a lot going on. And yeah. I'm sorry, I, I cannot get behind his his fashion line. Yeah. No. Um, what about his wife then, Kim Kardashian West? <laughs> uh, 
love her. I mean, I don't know. Like, if she's Kim Kardashian. Like, what? I, I don't know. You know, everyone has a, a good opinion and a bad opinion mm-hmm. of her. Like, you love to hate her. You hate to love her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she's. I don't know if I look at her and I'm like, oh, she's my fashion icon. Right. But right. she certainly is a a fashion icon. Yeah. I mean, look what she's done. Yeah. So. Um, how about uh, Dolce and Gabbana? No, ma'am. I mean, <laughs> look, <laughs> defer that question to Evan, Evan Roskatz. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, they're, they're just messy. Yeah. Uh, and I continue to see them everywhere. Mariah Carey just wore them yeah. for her Oprah interview. And yeah. I love Mariah. And I'm just like, girl, why? Come on. Like, how, how have we not canceled them yet? I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, the, the memo hasn't made its way all the way up the chain, but it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that a brand that, you know, is just so, I guess it's iconic. I mean, mm. it, right? Like, everyone everyone knows Dolce Gabbana, right? right? right. Uh, so it's just unfortunate that a brand like that has to be run by people with um, questionable values. I Self-hatred. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about maybe some positive ones? Uh, Rihanna. Love her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Loved the new show. Yeah. Uh, she She's doing so much for, you know, just for inclusivity, mm-hmm. whether it's gender or body or whatever. And she just does it in such a beautifully nonchalant way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, um, it doesn't feel forced. It's just like, yeah, here's my show and what of it? You know, it's yeah. not like, I, I feel like some designers, uh, at the end of the day, like, if you're making that statement, great Mm -hmm. you know that statement needs to be made but some designers just do it so on the nose and it's just like it's it's just a little cringy but uh rihanna is is just phenomenal yeah um one of my favorites uh diana ross love diana ross um (laughs) she i I don't know what to say beyond that you know like (laughs) she's she's definitely not not my brand of fashion but um yeah she's She's Diana Ross. She's yeah. untouchable. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Tell folks about your uh, drag career and, and your drag name because I think it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it's a career, but um, <laughs> it, my my drag name is Kimberly Onassis. Yeah. Um, sometimes I shorten it to Kim Ono. Yeah. And um, she's, so clever. She's, a be- uh, she's a she's a first lady. She, you know, she... She's the kind of woman who who vacations in Martha's Vineyard. Like right. maybe I was just designing for my don't my drag persona yeah. the episode I got kicked off. Yeah. But uh she's she's a lot of fun. I have not uh she hasn't been out in a minute. Yeah. Um because well, yeah, the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. No one's been out in a minute, unfortunately. Yeah. I know. So yeah. well maybe we'll see a, a sighting of her on Halloween. That would be great. I think we would all enjoy that. Yes. Um can you get that look back? What happens to the looks after they just go into like an archive, like a project? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I know the final four get their collections back, but as far as the other stuff, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I can get it back. I remember distinct, distinctly that being part of what we sign away. It's mm-hmm. just uh, control of that stuff. But maybe, I don't know. I did take a chunk of the... Um, the material that I use to make the top. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the iconic, you know, the outfit that broke the internet in, <laughs> in January 2020. I have a little piece of it. Right, so. right. Um, 
So here's here's a more serious question before we wrap up, just because I heard you say you're from Wyoming and we have a little bit more time. How old were you? Are you near Laramie? Were you you must have been like a little kid when Matthew Shepard happened. And we just this week came on the 22nd anniversary of this. Um, I wasn't planning to ask you this, but you said you're from Wyoming. How old were you and what did that feel like being in Wyoming at that time? I was eight. Uh, that was in, what was it, 1998? Yeah. Um, or no, it was 97, right? I think I it know. was 98. Yeah. One of the two. I was yeah. eight. Uh, so I did grow up right next to Laramie. I grew up in Cheyenne, mm-hmm. which is the town next to Laramie. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't comprehend it at eight. Um, But I also ended up going to the University of Wyoming, which Matthew was a student of. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was surprisingly an amazing experience. I I use the word surprisingly, maybe I'm being, you know, a little heavy handed with that word. But, um, you know, Laramie now is just this beautiful, progressive college town um there still is no gay bar lgbt bar whatever in the state of wyoming which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate but um laramie is just such a welcoming place uh the university is such a welcoming place the people there are so amazing so warm um i think you know when that happened in the 90s these were these were two very evil people who um who don't speak for the rest of Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, I I do get that question a lot, like, oh, my God, how was it growing up in Wyoming? Yeah. It it really wasn't that bad. Um, It was, Wyoming is this, it's the least populated state in the country. Mm -hmm. So, like, nobody lives in Wyoming. Yeah. And as such, it's sort of a live and let live mentality. Mm -hmm. That's Um, like the refrain, if you've ever seen the Laramie Project, that sort of echoes. Yeah, no, it really is. Like live and let live, yeah. It really is. And it's not even like, I I feel like a lot of people might take that to mean, you know, people are like, oh, as long as you do it out of my sight, like your business is your business. Totally not. That's that's not the thing. Like Mm -hmm. uh, it's people just don't really care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, it's just nice like that. I, I also haven't lived there in nine years, so I don't know what it's like now. Right. But um, I I had a good time in Wyoming. I don't think, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think I could go there with my partner and you know skip down the street holding hands mm-hmm. uh, without you know maybe being hassled. But that could also happen here in New York. That could mm-hmm. happen in in any neighborhood in New York, even mm-hmm. Chelsea. You know, uh, so it it was Wyoming is a good place at the end of the day. Um, Mm. And what happened to Matthew was tragic. And it's, it was certainly part of, you know, who I was growing up, Mm -hmm. you know, to be gay in Wyoming. Did it make you feel more scared when you sort of like look back at it when you were old enough to understand it being that you were in close proximity to it? Was it, was it weirder for you to to sort of come of age in that area or was it not really on your radar in that way? I don't think it was. I think, um, I don't know it. I never really thought about it like that. Mm. I, you know, you, when you grow up in a place, you, it's, you just, that is, you are that place essentially, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I, um, 
it I, it was never really on my radar like mm. that. So, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. So let's we'll wrap up saying this. I'm just wondering what is what is next for you? We obviously uh, have we're in such a weird time. Nobody really knows what's next for any of us. But uh, what do you hope to conquer next? Having just gotten off of Project Runway, broken the internet, <laughs> a, a gay icon now in uh, pop culture history. Um, what What do you want to set your sights on next? What are What's on your short term goals list? Uh, well, over the pandemic, I was I started out making a lot of masks uh, mm-hmm. first to donate, and then a brand, a really awesome brand in New York, contracted me to make their masks for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's called Boy Package. It's a it's a trans male focused uh, clothing brand, which is cool. really cool. Uh, so I was making a lot of uh, masks for them. I ma- I've tra- since transitioned into making a lot of. Um, you know their their other clothing, which has has been really cool. fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I surprisingly over the past few months, I haven't seen a whole lot of change in um, in being busy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, being busy creating garments. Uh, there's always somebody who needs a garment, and mm-hmm. and really that's what I do. I I got my start creating custom garments, uh, whether they're for performers like Marty mm-hmm. or um, you know, for just people who need garments, uh, yeah. I, that really is my thing. So, right now, I am working on a a handful of custom projects, um, whether they're gowns or bags or or stuff like that. But I, man, I really just want to make a collection. Um, mm. I it's something I I did a capsule collection, you know to be ready by the time I got kicked off of the show mm-hmm. because that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you know how the drag mm-hmm. waste queens have their, you know, their Songs. music video yeah. that shows the next day. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, I was like, oh shit, I have to have a capsule collection. So like I threw something together really quick. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Uh, but I really want to have the time and the, you know, the resources to invest in a, just a, a good solid collection that mm-hmm. really speaks to, uh, my artistry and like my perspective. Mm-hmm. So a capsule collection is obviously something that's like wearable and yeah, you know, ready, it's not it's too ready to wear. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's what I want to do. Amazing. When that's going to happen, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this coming season. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll make it happen. Well, I hope for everyone's sake it happens for you because your work is exquisite. Thank if anyone you. wants to go to your Instagram and check out some of the work that you've done um, for Marty and many other drag queens as well as uh, other clients, where can they find you online? My handle on Instagram is Dear Tyler. Uh, like you're writing me a letter, <laughs> and uh, and you can you can go there. I. I actually took a little step back from Instagram this summer, but I'm I'm back now and uh, and posting more. So very nice, yeah. very nice. All right, well, thank you so much for being here. It was so much fun to have you on. Thank you. Um, I really admire you, so this is uh, really fun for me. And uh, wishing you all the best. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, go give me five stars and um, write some sort of review. You can tell me a story. I don't even care, but the reviews help. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, uh, subscribe and rate it there tell seven friends about it all that good stuff i'm at sean l show on instagram and thank you for listening bye bye